Are you ready? I'm ready too. Now we've been talking about a very edifying message called <laughs> Speaking of fake churches and fake pastors and fake Christians, I've been talking about that for a couple weeks. I told you I really don't know. I never know how long any message series is going to last because I don't get it off of sermons online. I pray over them and then God, I, I mean, I very specifically pray over the messages every week. I pray over every week of my life. Just understand that. And I pray over every day of my life. If you're not living in that level of specificity, please understand that you're not interacting with God correctly. He is the Lord. Give him lordship over every day, every minute, every hour, every week, every month, or you won't be happy. So I pray over these messages, and then God just spills them out to me. He gives them to me at weird times, too. I can sense when the Spirit is speaking to me. Last, last night or the night before, it was when I was upside down. I was on my inversion machine. I was sitting there, I'm like, and it's really hard. And I do voice recordings, and I end up listening to my voice recordings because I'm spouting out scripture or whatever it is the Lord puts on my mind. And I'm like, why is my voice sound like, hey? I'm like, hey, hey. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, oh, yeah, you're upside down when you recorded it. And he gives it to me, and right then, listen, if I don't get it then, it goes out of my mind. I like guess the Lord's saying, you need to stop right now, be still, know that I'm God. Be still and know God. Be still. You got all these other things going on, you need to be still, and write down the things that I want you to write down, record what I want you to record, so I do. But I listen, I never know how long message series are going to last, because they're actually spirit-born. You're going to learn this morning, the Holy Spirit plants seed. That's what he does, is plant seed. Now let's talk about continuing on with fake churches. Why did they fall? And you need to understand why you fell. How many of you have ever fallen? I'll put both my hands up, make you feel better. In order to not fall again, you need to understand why you fell to begin with. If you don't understand it, guess what you're gonna do again? If you turn off the lights in this room, and I mean every light, it is pitch black. If you try to walk through here, you're gonna run into something. And you have to understand the reason why I'm running into something is because there is no light. If you don't fix it, and you come back to the problem again, and it's still dark and you're gonna run into things again. So you have to understand how to fix the problem. And I just, I played this little video excerpt on the podcast last night where Joe Biden is being interviewed, I believe, by an MSNBC reporter, and he didn't even answer the question. He actually went off into lead pipes. <laughs> talking about climate change. He started talking about lead pipes. I don't, I don't know what that was. But the MSNBC reporter asks him this question. He says, she, she goes, I know a lot of people are migrating illegally to the United States. I put the word illegally in there. Because they're, they're fleeing climate change. 
Now I want everybody. That is no different than the COVID narrative. It's no different than the electric vehicle narrative. And for those of you that are brand new, don't worry, the Bible's coming. This is not politics. This is Revelation 13 and 14. Trying to be controlled by the prince of the power of the air. That's what all of these lies are about because they are all lies. Bold-faced, asinine lies. They all are. So they're already, they're already pimping, and here it comes, and whoring the next narrative. They're all coming here because they're fleeing climate change. Let's name one migrant that has ever come to the United States because they were fleeing thunderstorms or heat. As if there is no thunderstorms or heat here. So you're gonna flee from one thunderstorm to the next? Pastor Rodney was preaching this morning. I always catch like the first 10 minutes. And they're having an extreme heat warning in Tampa. Um, it's August 13th. It's always extremely hot. It's meant to control you so that they can eventually say, so churches say, you know what? There's an extreme heat warning, so let's do Zoom services. And they lock the church down again. It's all the exact same gift with different gift wrapping paper, and it's coming for you. And it's not just, it's not just the globalist, leftist, bourgeois, elitist narrative. That can be in your life too. The same stumbling block. See, I got quiet all of a sudden. Everyone's like, yeah, I hate the globalists, but I don't want to talk about my own problems. <laughs> Be the exact same stumbling block in your own life. Comes for you time and time and time again. You have to see it to defeat it. You have to actually stop the thinking, stop the behavior now. If you don't, you will continue to fall. So they're coming at us again. Another false narrative of people are coming. It's 200 to 250,000 people a month. By the time this year is over, about seven to eight million people have illegally migrated into this country under the three years of the Biden administration. And that's not big, though, Tom's against Venezuelans, Mexicans. I'm not against anybody. Here's the thing. Either you are breaking the law, you need to be sent back. I was a cop for 25 years. You think I'm okay with people breaking the law? Need to be sent back. It's the way that it is. But that's part of a larger narrative because if you flood, remember what we are against is global new world orders. If you flood first world countries with third world illegal immigrants who have no heritage connection to the country, they are very easily globally governed. If you don't know that you have constitutional rights, then they can, they can govern you out of Davos or Beijing. That's the point of it all. And Christians need to be standing up and saying we are lawful people, not lawless people. And please understand this, according to CBP statistics, Customs and Border Patrol statistics, that seven million is at least twice that many have crossed. So it's 14 million and up to five times as many. So up to 35 million people. So that is almost four New York cities in three years. 
They have a migrant camp just outside of Houston right now where they are having so much fecal pollution that they, they can't contain. It's 48,000 gallons. There's no infrastructure for it, just like there's no infrastructure for electric vehicles, which take four times as much power as your AC. None of it makes any sense. And if it doesn't make any sense, then it's evil and nefarious. And you're gonna have to stand. I don't care if Aunt Susie comes to Thanksgiving and is propagating her electric vehicle and everything else, you say, absolutely not. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm going to offend Aunt Susie. Well, so she gets offended then. We don't purposely try to offend people, but if you're gonna be galactically stupid, you need to be offended. It'll be like the, the paddles bringing you back to life. Flavump. That's for some of you new people in here right now. Because you're like, what on earth did I walk into? I'm just telling you what you're gonna hear is what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Don't go to a church who feeds you what you want to hear. Go to a church that teaches you what you need to hear. We need to be warriors in this time, not compliant, warriors. You ever notice that the compliant are actually not compliant? You ever notice it? They claim they all put their masks on and then riot. You see the looting? I mean, it is pandemic proportions. The looting that's going on, namely in California. They've all, they all wore their masks. That's why masking is illegal in the state of Florida. It always has been. That's never changed, by the way. See, the compliant are actually the lawless ones. The non-compliant, like you and I, are the lawful ones. You're welcome. Everything in society is inverted. Disinformation is truth. There's so many, things more, so many more things I want to say, but I'm not going to make this the podcast. <laughs> Fake churches, why did they fall? Why did they fall? Let's go to Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 27. Told you the Bible's coming, and it ain't going to stop. Amen. And Fawcett isn't going to turn off. Amen. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now that should be a starch warning to Christians. Because many people today are in churches right now saying, Lord, Lord. They really haven't received Jesus as Lord, it's just a religious saying, but they are saying, Lord, Lord. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. I mean, that should absolutely rivet the soul of Christians, but it never gets preached in churches. That's why they fall. The fear of the Lord is what? This is make, let's make it American. Proverbs chapter nine, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of being smart. So if you don't fear going to hell, you're like, that has nothing to do with God. Then you never read the Bible in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. By the way, that's Jesus who assigns an angel to lift the unsaved into hell. 
You're welcome. The time this is, isn't what I've learned, I've just learned that God is a God of love. All of it's love. God creating hell for fallen angels is love. You're not ever supposed to be there. God doesn't send you to hell. You're like a magnet going to hell if you're living in sin. Being pulled there, it's got nothing to do with God. He's not making you sin. When tempted, know what you say. God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anybody. James chapter one, verse 13. It's not God. Each man is tempted when by his own evil desire. He is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. James 1, 14 and 15. It's got nothing to do with God. Hell's got nothing to do with God. He can't live with it. It's like me with weird noises. I will separate the noise from me, or I will separate myself from the noise. I can't live with it. If you're on the front row and you start crackling your water bottle, I'm gonna stare at you until you stop. I'm actually trying to overcome that right now. But I can tell you right now, in the church service, I'm gonna stop you. Can't you hear it? Can't you hear your lips smacking when you're eating? Can't you hear it? I'm just like God. See, I mean, you've got to be. No, I'm just kidding. So God, it's got, hell's got nothing to do with him. He can't live with it. He can't be in the room. It'll be, it'll be like you and I being in the presence of radiation. God can't be with sin. It's an affront to him. It is the antithesis of God, so he had to create a safe space. I love putting it into modern day vernacular. To get all of that sin there. It's the sin that the people carry. It's not, it's the sin, primarily the sin of unbelief. That's what puts people in hell. It's the sin God can't deal with. It has nothing to do with the body of the person, it's a sin that God can't deal with. And this should absolutely rivet the souls of believers that people prophesied in Jesus' name, cast out devils in Jesus' name, did many wonderful works in Jesus' name, and still didn't go to heaven. How's that possible? Many reasons, either they were fake, they vacillated in and out of Christianity, or they didn't endure until the end. Sorry, Calvinists, you just don't read the Bible if you're a Calvinist. You just don't. You can't. Tom, that doesn't, that's not going to win people. I don't care. Do I care about winning people? I care about winning people, but I'm not going to subjugate the truth to win people. What am I winning them to? I'm winning them to a lie then, which is what Calvinism is. It's winning them to a lie, which is why they all masked. Name one Calvinist church in Sarasota and Charlotte County that wasn't closed and masked and locked down. And then hoard vaccines from their pulpits. You're welcome. You know, what's the big deal? It's a vaccine. A lot of people have taken vaccines. I get it, but this is a different vaccine. It's not even a vaccine. It's a gene therapy. It's got nothing to do with a vaccine. You're not being injected with a dead version of the virus it's supposed to fight off. 
It's a gene manipulator to teach your body to perpetually make us spike proteins that clogs up your blood veins. It's got nothing to do with it. And it, it, has, it, it no other vaccine has ever led to the propagation of vaccine passports. So it's a little different when you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your vaccine passport in Canada, European Union, Australia, New York City. Excelsior Pass in New York City, which you're trying to bring back. What's the next Excelsior Pass or Green Pass or vaccine passport would be for climate change. You have to, this is not politics. We don't preach politics at our church. It's not a Bible verse. What, what Bible verse is that that you don't preach politics? No politics from the pulpit. Where, where is that? In the book, in the book of Idiocy, 319? It should, it should rivet the souls of believers. You should be asking yourself, is that me? Well, if you're living in sin and you're calling yourself a Christian, that's you. I didn't say struggle with sin. I said concession to sin, living in sin. You can go on all my eternal security verses right now if you like. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. Kind of a problem when no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. That's for the church in Jerusalem. Never gets preached, so there's no fear of God, so everybody puts masks on and diligently puts a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, which is what all this is leading to. You cannot restrain that and comply to it at the same time. The church needs to be the, the most Matthew eleven twelve spiritually violent outfit on the planet. But the church is the most compliant outfit on the planet. And by the way, it's, again, that, that's not just for the globalists. For the bourgeois leftist, prince of the power of the air, demon acts. It's about your own life. You've got to be spiritually violent in your own spiritual life. Thoughts, feelings, emotions, actions, words, spiritually violent. No, yes, I will. Rule and reign, Holy Ghost. Spiritually violent every day of your life. I say violent with any person, did I? See how sweet I am? I said spiritually violent. Sometimes being spiritually violent is keeping your mouth shut. Sometimes being spiritually violent is being kind when you don't want to be. Crucifying, because crucifixion is violence. Crucifying yourself to keep your mouth shut and be sweet. Seinfeld, be sour and sweet. Book of Seinfeld, chapter 17, verse 14. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What's the path out? Is this the case for many believers? Yes. It's all been exposed over the last 41 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. It's been exposed. 
What's the path out? Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, not hear them, not hearers only, but doers, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, James 1, 22. Do you hear what that just said? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Merely listening and not doing it leads to deception. Not just not doing it, deception. Living in the antithesis of the word of God. If you just listen to it and don't do it, you're deceiving yourself. Understand that. That's why so many Christians are deceived. More so than the world. The world oftentimes really isn't deceived, they're blind. The Christians are often deceived because all they do is hear the word. They don't do it and it leads to deception. Again, it's a spiritual inoculation. Speaking of vaccines, you actually inoculate yourself against the truth, against the truth. That's why Jesus said, because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. They're they're vaccinated against the truth. They'll hear hear this preached this morning and they're like, that's not Christ-like. They're inoculated against the truth. Because I dare said something like, and then while I profess to them, I never knew you depart from me, you the work of iniquity. I didn't say it, Jesus said it. That Jesus said you just got done worshiping, worshiping that you don't think this is Christ-like. So you don't think Jesus is Christ-like. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. That's why we are called in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, uh, verses uh, what is it, 10 through 18, armor of God. We are called to stand. Stand, not move. If you're, if you're standing, you're not moving. It's not fluctuating, it's not flexible. You are standing, period. No equivocation. You stand. Not, if you start off with a word like but, or well. You will stand. And the rain descended and the floods came. Here it comes. What are those things? What's the rain? Can be anything. Can be persecution, COVID, vaccines, climate change, gun grabbing, CBDC, central bank digital currency. Social credit systems, the rain is descending and the floods came. Here it comes. Now, I love it. Or just flat out delusion. Because you know what? COVID doesn't even qualify as rain. Rain, I mean, I mean rain, in my own opinion, it'd have to be like a ten, at least a 10% death rate, not a 0.1% death rate. 0.1% of 1%. but we'll just pretend that it's the rain because it was a strong delusion for those who aren't spiritually led. It wasn't a strong delusion for me. Was it a strong delusion for you? No. How many of you smelled it right away? I'm like, (laughs) it's the same thing with all the rest of it. There's many Christians that are already speaking the climate change narrative. Well, you know, I want to do my part. I love the earth too. I'm not speaking your language. Uh, I believe that we can open up the church safely. (laughs) Something to be safe from. 
Stop speaking their language. You had that propagandist on MSNBC saying that people migrate here for climate change when not one soul has ever migrated to the United States for climate change. Not one. But, then, but as she says it over and over again, you'll start hearing preachers say it. You know, we want to be sensitive because, you know, they're fleeing tornadoes. Where? Where? So the delusions come, the persecutions come, the lies come, the leverage comes, because that's what they're trying to do is leverage you into a one world commerce system. They control all access to that commerce system. Can't buy, sell, trade, when I say buy, I mean anything. Until you comply, until you got your 57 vaccinations. They want you vaccinated every quarter multiple times. Filling up, your, filling up your veins with clots. Because if they can't abort you in the womb, they'll abort you after. Listen, you're either following God or you're following Satan. There's no in between. So if you're following Satan, understand that you're following a murderer from the beginning. Always trying to take your life. Steal, kill, and destroy. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. What's the rock? His sayings, his word. Unequivocal, his word. Period. Well, I think in this time you have to use wisdom. That's not a Bible verse. That's eliminated and rejected. Things come your way, what does the word say about it? You have a family member that comes to you and they say, I have stage four cancer. What does the word say about it? Get your hands on it and cast it out. Well, you can't make, you can't make those bold statements because we've seen it not happen before. It didn't happen in the Bible too. And when it didn't happen in the Bible, it was unbelief. You have to risk it. Well, I might look like a fool. The foolish things in the eyes of God are wisdom. God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. The word is the word. They say there's another disease in the air. We're not closing. I don't care what it is. And they better watch coming after me. Could be an Ananias and Sapphira situation for them. And Pastor Rodney likes to joke about how he someday, you know, could stand before like a firing squad. I said they'll all be dead before they get there. All the people with the guns will be dead. God will kill them. What do you, why would you say that? Because that's what I'll pray. Kill them, God. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. That's what we just saw. The ridiculousness of the modern church 
Not the body of Christ, the modern church, the real body of Christ, the only real bodies of Christ. And what I mean by that is there's one body of Christ, but I mean individual churches stood or repented after they didn't. The ones that didn't do one of those two, you better watch them for being fake. Don't go there. I know they're sweeter than me. The devil will say anything to get you in. Great was the fall of it because they didn't, they didn't heed the sayings of God. They hear at these sayings and they doeth them not. They're actually, they're going right back to James 1, 1 They heard them, didn't do them, so they're deceived. It's very easy to come in and convince a bunch of people to do what the prince of the power of the air wants you to do. And then after you've discovered that it was the prince of the power of the air that made you do it, to not acknowledge it, to not move on, to not say, you know what, it was me, makes you very vulnerable to do it again. That's the same thing in your individual life. It was me. I did it. That's how I live, by the way. I'm telling you, I, I, I have my own faults and failings and my own struggles that I'm dealing with, but transparency is not one of them. So that gives me a chance. That's just like when people go to AA, the first thing they have to acknowledge is, and I'm not endorsing it, so please don't come to me at the door. Don't come to me at the door. Don't. I'm not endorsing anything unless I tell you that I endorse it. I endorse Rodney Howard Brown, the River Church. I endorse Jonathan Shuttlesworth and Revival today. That's about it. Of course, I endorse us. That's it. So don't come to me. When you go, when you go to AA, the very first thing you have to do is say, I am an addict. That's what you have to do. You have to be transparent about anything. It was me. Man after God's own heart. 1 Samuel 13, 14 was a man who simply said, who was David, a man after God's own heart? An adulterer and a murderer, fact. Told by the prophet Nathan what he did, and David didn't go, oh, you know what, it was my mom. Stupid mother raised me to be a murderer and adulterer. If I just would have had my dad around. No, he said, it is me. I did it. I love talking about moodiness. If you are moody and you are run by your feelings, you need to say that I am an immature Christian and I need to change now. I got a, not much on this side. Some amens over here. It's the moody people migrate to my left. Are, are, you, are you the, I don't care whether you're, you're just husband and wife right now. I don't care if you're in a house full of kids. Are you the storm in your house? I love to address this. Why? Because it'll prevent me from having to do marriage counseling. <laughs> Are you the storm in your house? Do you manipulate people with your moods? Are you? Then you need to repent. You're living in the carnal nature. And you are vulnerable to being defeated at any minute. Because all it takes is a biochemical fart in your brain. 
farts all it is. Yes, I say farts from the pulpit, just so everybody knows, or gas, whatever. That's all those things are, your feelings. That's all they are is gas. They're no different of a biochemical reaction. I know, I know they write songs about your feelings and not farts, but they're one and the same. And they should be treated the same. Hey, that was, you know, either one, that was great. Or it was not so great, whatever. But then neither one of them are important. You don't sit there and dissect your gas. I wonder what that was all about. Uh, I wonder what the heritage is behind that. I mean, that's the psychological foundation of these things. You just let it go. Most of the time you leave the area. Or blame somebody else. Blame the dog. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat upon, this, beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. How do you keep this from happening? How do you keep it? Just, just include Jesus. Bring him into every situation as Lord. When I say include, I don't mean as a part or a silent partner. I mean include him as he is, which is Lord. It's the only way to include Jesus. He's either Lord or nothing. Yes, you can specify that in certain areas of your life. Jesus is my Lord. I've repented of my sin, but I don't believe for healing. All right, so your body is now, Jesus is not Lord over your body. I believe for his forgiveness of sin, but I don't tithe. Okay, so the prince of the power of the air is the Lord over your finances, because you don't tithe. So now the, the, the devourer is not rebuked on your behalf. One thing, this is message is just starting now. <laughs> one thing and one person no one ever preaches about. One thing and one person nobody preaches about outside of the churches that I just endorsed. And I know there's others. There's others under that orbit even that, that preach the way they should. They won't dare because it's too risky. And that is why all the other churches fell, and that's why a person falls. Because they're not preaching this to themselves either. The number one preacher in your life is who? You, it's your own mind. Is it your spirit or your soul? Better be your spirit, not your soul. Your soul is your feelings, your emotions, which can be brought into captivity if you want them to, which is what you're called to do, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Bring every, every thought into the obedience of Christ. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. They don't fall because this is never, I mean, they do fall because this is never preached. What is it, Tom? Two things, one person, one thing. The Holy Spirit is never preached. He's too dangerous to preach. He's not welcome in most churches. He can, he can do whatever he wants in here. You're like, well, that could open up the door to disorder. If it's disorder, it's not the Holy Ghost. 
Because the Holy Ghost only speaks God, God's word. God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, so it's not the Holy Ghost. So for some of you are scared to let the Holy, Holy Ghost run wild because you've seen mass disorder and mass abuse. Understand, you know, what happens is too, is people like to label other people extreme. All right, well, they're extreme because they believe in the Holy Ghost. Well, how extreme do you have to be to not believe in them? And I mean, what I mean by that, you may believe that he exists. I'm talking about allowing him to move. How extreme are you to not allow him to move? I don't believe in, I, I, people will say, I don't believe in prosperity. You're an extremist. That's not what the Bible says. Uh, I've seen abuses from the other side of the extreme. Okay, you've seen abuses from the other side of the extreme, but now how extreme are you to not believe in prosperity at all? I've seen the Holy Ghost or the name of the Holy Ghost abused. So I, I just don't do it anymore. How extreme are you? You're just as bad as the abuser. Now you're abusing the other way. You're neglecting. So go back to police work, right? What, what, various types of, of, of abuse. You have people that beat on, beat on people, hurt people physically, and then you have people to neglect them. Which one's worse? Allowing your kid to starve to death or beating them to death? Which one's worse? I don't know. Starve to death, I would guess. It's longer. So how, how is abuse good on any level? It's not. So don't be an abuser. Shouldn't be cutting out the Holy Ghost because you've seen abuses. I've been in the Pentecostal church since 1987. I was raised Catholic. I went from Catholic to this. I was scared. Scared, I didn't know what was going on. I went to the Inglewood Church of God. That's the first place I ever went. There was like 78 people in there. I was brought there by my friend and his mom. I have no idea what was happening. I thought their music was radical. This is the day the Lord had made. I'm like, oh my, what is that? I'm used to the organ and, you know, the guy, they find the same guy with the same voice in every Catholic church. You ever notice that? Man, it must be some sort of Catholic miracle when they bury Mary upside down or whatever nonsense they do. I can rail on Catholics because I was raised Catholic. <laughs> but I was, I'm like, what on earth is going on in here? But you can't run from the Holy, I, the Holy Ghost was there and I just kept coming. Because I'm like, something's there and I'm scared. I'm scared. The same, the same step I took to go to the river church. Is it Christianity, for me, was yes, Pentecost. Yes, we speak in tongues. Yes, Tom will quench anything that he deems out of line. So I, going up the river, I was scared. Scared. That's where you should be. Not because of disorder. We're not going to allow disorder in here. You're like Tom, some crazy person. You ever see a crazy person ruling rain the, over this service? Think that'll ever happen? It'll never happen. They may, listen, they may stand up and do something, but they'll be... Uh, escorted out. So this one thing and this one person, because the Holy Ghost is equal to Jesus. The Holy Ghost is equal to the Father. Jesus is equal to the Father. The Father's equal to the Holy Ghost. They're one and the same, but different. I don't understand, either do I. 
I don't need to understand. But the Holy Ghost and unbelief are never taught, which is why the global church fell. They aren't taught. The reason why most of you raised your hands when I said that you, did you smell it? It's because you have the Holy Ghost operating in your life. You actually sense conviction. They don't. They never hear about it. How some of you ever survive the churches you were going to still having conviction in your life, I don't know. Because I know some of the churches that some of you came from. I'm like, what on earth? And the reason why you came to me is because they closed. I mean, you have to be really desperate to come to me. And you know, nowhere else to go. But you knew it was wrong. But then nobody else was available, so you walked into the hailstorm. Unfettered, unfiltered Bible. That's what you walked into. These things are never preached. Because it's too risky to preach them. You preach about unbelief, and you're telling me it's, your, it's my fault? Yeah, I'm telling you it's your fault. That's how I live. Why don't you live? That's what the Bible says. So you, you have to violate the Bible to reach your level of Christianity? Uh, whatever, heresy, Christianity. Uh, Christ, Christy heresy? So the Bible says, Matthew 13, 57 and 58. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now, if, are there many mighty works done in this church? All the time. We could, we could, Pastor Rodney, every Sunday does testimonials. We could do the same thing. Every, and, and Tracy puts together, Tracy Carruthers puts together testimonial videos. You probably see them at times. We could do it all the time. He did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So if there aren't many mighty works, I love saying that, many mighty works, just flows. <laughs> if there aren't many mighty works, then what's there? Unbelief. So in a church where there are no mighty works, what is there? That's why they put masks on. And that's why they'll, that's why they'll do Zoom services, because it's hot outside. Well, I didn't get to finish this story. Pastor Rodney was talking about the extreme heat warning in Tampa. It's 87. <laughs> it's 87 degrees. But you, you, have to, you have to pretend, just like everybody did with COVID. You have to pretend. See, you didn't have to pretend when it was AIDS. Some cop friends of mine in here were probably cops at the same time. We're somewhere near the same age. I think I'm older than all of them, but... But when AIDS came out, started with like Magic Johnson, that's where it really exploded in 1991, does everyone remember? I became a cop in 1992 and it was everywhere. You were, that was real, because the death rate then, that was before they had any protocols at all, that kept people alive. Now, now AIDS, you can be kept alive with certain medications. How healthy you are, I don't know. I have to ask Natalie, but I mean, I'm just telling you, I don't know. But you can be kept alive. It's not a death sentence anymore, not for everybody. A lot of people die of AIDS every year, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands, way more than COVID. But they had, you know, it was a, back then, that, you didn't have to pretend. You used to get dispatch calls. When you get dispatch calls, you get them on the radio, 
and on the computer if it's a hot call. And you would be told on your computer, they put up giant stars with caution. AIDS infected complainant. That was real. You, there was no, you don't have to pretend anything. To have an 87 degree heat warning? You're pretending. You're purposely deluding people. You're just pretending. 0.1% death rate? Injecting an mRNA experimental vaccine into a kid who's seven to 20 times more likely to die of the flu than COVID? And just still 99, the 99.997% survival rate for COVID? They've yet to find one healthy kid globally that died of COVID. And they're injecting the entire, trying to inject the entire zero to 18 population. Why? You have to pretend. We're all gonna pretend. I will not pretend. I will not comply. You have, you have to pretend that, you're, that you are lowering CO2 emissions by driving, a, by driving an electric car. You have to pretend. 500,000 500, pounds of dirt has to be mined for one lithium battery. So all from what my studies of it, way more CO2 is burned in building an electric car than you'll ever burn driving an internal combustion engine car. So you have to pretend you're doing something. And they all love to pretend. Put a mask on to stop a virus. So let's all pretend. All right, I'm in on the pretending. No, I'm not in on it. I'm out. You're like, Tom, this is politics. It's not politics. It's, it's gonna, you, think it, you think that, you think that the, the beast one or beast two is going to come knocking on your door and say, hey, we got a 666 we want to stamp on your forehead. You think that's what's going to happen? No, it's the number of a man. It'd be a QR code or a social credit system score. No, hey, my, my soul, my credit. We, all, we, already, we already assign ourselves numbers. Even though we're commanded in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 to not class ourselves, we, we allow people to class us because we all live in debt, me included. See how transparent I am? So you get a, you get a credit score, the number of a man. Who makes that stuff up? Whoever wants to. Well, my, my, my number is 763. It's up from 684. Well, la-dee-da. <laughs> Get out of debt and you don't have to worry about people lending you money via a score. That's what I'm doing. I'm getting out of debt. My wife and I have put, paid our mortgage way, way down and there's a specific number that we have to get to, and I make my call to Jeff Tomas. Wave your hand, Jeff. I make my call, he's the one who runs my money. So I just go, hey Jeff, I need my money, I'm paying it off today, as a specific number. And we're close, we're about, we're about 30,000, roughly, dollars away from that. And when we get it down to that, I'm making the call to Jeff. I'm like, Jeff, I need my check. I'm paying my house off today. I'm getting out of debt. But the Holy Ghost and unbelief are never preached because if you preach unbelief, you can hurt people's feelings. If you preach the Holy Ghost, he can hurt people's feelings. Or they find him to be embarrassing. Well, if I let the Holy Ghost touch me, I might end up on the ground. You'll, you'll never be happier in your life than being on the ground. You'll never be happier in your life. 
You don't want the Holy Ghost to come filter through your body and take out every ailment? You don't want that? I want it for you at least. You never preach about Mark chapter nine, verse 24. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Never gets preached because that would be offended, uh, offensive to the unbelievers. The foundation just said is this. Romans chapter 10, 15 through 17. And how shall they preach except they, they be sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring, who preach the gospel of peace, who bring good news in some translations. And bring glad tidings of good things. All the Holy Ghost ever does is good. You're like Tom, he killed Ananias and Sapphira. That was good. That was best for them to die right now. Instead of lie for years and years, this fraudulent floating around Christians, see them all the time. They float around pretending to be this and pretending to be that until you call them out. Don't worry, you'll be caught here. I can, as good as I can smell whatever that wonderful scent is coming out of the kitchen, I can sense fraud. I'm like, you're a fraud. There's all kinds of people. If they started a Bible study, nobody would ever come. So they try to leech onto your platform. If Jeff Tomas, let's pick on Jeff today. If Jeff starts a, if Jeff starts a Bible study right now, I'm telling you flat out, 80 people will be here. I'm telling you, that's the way it is. With him and Vanessa, they do it. It's gonna be great. And 80, 100, 150 people will be here for it. That's what happens every time they do one. Now for Joe Schmo. Weirdo, street prophet. <laughs> Floating turd prophet that floats from one church to the other. He, if he starts a Bible study, nobody's coming, so he'll come to the Tomases and try to take it over. That's how they are, that's how these people are. You'll be caught here, and you'll be removed. Bye-bye. It's not gonna happen. But they, verse 16, Romans chapter 10, verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. This is written to the church at Rome. This isn't being read by unbelievers. I love, I love how Christians love to filter the word of God so that it fits whatever stupid narrative they have. This is written to Christians. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. From Isaiah the prophet, which is Isaiah the prophet, this is King James Version, Lord, who hath believed our report? What's the report? Numbers 13, uh, Numbers 13.30, I believe it is. Caleb. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Do you see the churches do that? No, they're small in their own eyes. We were grasshoppers in our own eyes, and so we were in their eyes. We are well over 0.1% death rate. Like we, can't, we can't, listen, that's, that's practice ground for great faith. That's practice ground for exposing the gift of faith that you have. That's no great hurdle. You're like, Tom, you keep bringing up, it doesn't have to be COVID. It can be anything specific in your life. And it can be the next globalist narrative that I keep espousing over and over again. Verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how it all is. Some don't obey, but if you want faith, it's the Bible, unfettered, unfiltered. Unfettered means no chains. Amen. 
No restrictions. You, listen, do you have enough courage to do that? You better. You better. It's Bible, period. What if I just go with the Bible, I might die. Well, okay, you might die. Let's say you die. Instead of going man's way and get a couple incapacitated years. I'd rather die standing. I'm going, I, listen, everything in my life, I don't, I don't listen, you all know I, I confessed it publicly to you. You're like, wow, what did he confess? Here it comes, ready? It's not, nothing exciting. I hate flying. I don't like flying at all. They all, everybody finds me amusing. My kids find me amusing. Flew with Aaron, he finds me amusing. And they're compassionate too. They're like looking out for me or whatever. I sat across from Eric Gagne, which is Pastor Rodney's right-hand man up at the river, sat across from him on a private jet. I don't like flying on them either. It's way better, way more comfortable. But I don't like flying. And he was like kind of looking at me like, what's wrong with you? Because I kind of sit there like. <laughs> until we're like at cruising altitude, and then I'm like. And you're like, Tom, that's not, listen, you're like, that's not great faith. Bull crap, it isn't. I go. I don't like it. Flat out, you might, listen, that might not be any hurdle for you. It didn't used to be for me either. It is now. I don't know why I played college football. We flew all over the country. I'm just telling you, somehow it became a hurdle because of my own unbelief and stupidity and fear. So I've made it a hurdle. But it's, listen, I get on there anyway, do you? That's what you have to do too, whatever yours is. But listen, I, I just stand in the word of God, period. Amen. So what does the Holy Ghost do? What does he do? John 16, 13. Because we're talking about unbelief. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So what does the Holy Ghost do? Neither one of them's preached, but what does the Holy Ghost do? John 16, 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, that he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So you and I that sense what was happening over 41 months and 15 days to flatten the curve, that's us communicating with the Holy Ghost. He's telling us things to come. Amen. And he's doing it now. You should be sensing what's happening now. CBDC, churches shouldn't be jumping on board with it. Same one, it's gonna make it awfully convenient to give. Just like I love, I love, I love Zoom services now. I, I really don't have to do anything. I still got all the money. Eventually, it's going to come for you now because a lot of those churches are closed and have nobody coming anymore. Even though you had great Zoom services, well, after a while, people stopped going, watching Zoom, and then they figured out, you know what, Dadgum, I noticed that every, what do you call it, direct withdrawal? I, I noticed every month out of my bank account, I'm not even watching the church, I'm not even attending the church, but yet $500 a month is coming out of my bank account to go to the church. Eventually, they shut that off too, which is what has happened. The rain descended. The floods came, the winds blew, and they beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Here's what the Holy Ghost does. He, will, he does all those things that I just illuminated in John chapter 16, verse 13. He is the spirit of truth, guiding you into all truth. And the truth that he's guiding you into is the word of God, which is Jesus. 
He brings the word. He brings Jesus. He brings faith. And he doesn't bring faith in Jesus. The Holy Ghost plants seed. So he's not bringing you faith in Jesus. He's planting faith. He's planting the faith of Jesus. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. The faith of Jesus is what you have. Not faith in Jesus. Holy Ghost doesn't play with that. Holy Ghost plants seed, and that seed is the faith of Jesus. He doesn't come with his own words. He uses the faith of Jesus. The word of God, that's the faith of Jesus, is the word. Jesus is the word. John 14, 26. But the helper, and here's the thing. Let me say this as a side note here in case I don't get to it because it's 1152. You're going to have to ask the Holy Ghost then. No, Tom, I was raised. Okay. And problem number one, I was raised is not a Bible verse. You're going to have to ask for the Holy Ghost to come in. I was raised that if, and I'm quoting other people, that when you got saved, you were filled with the Holy Ghost. That's not how it works. It's not the Bible. At all, in any way, shape, or form, you can't prove it, but I can disprove it. If you can't prove it and I can disprove what you're saying, you're wrong. I believe is not a Bible verse. I think is not a Bible verse. I was raised this way is not a Bible verse. Therefore, it's not Jesus. It's not a Bible verse. It's not Jesus. If it's not a Bible verse, it's not the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost doesn't speak on his own authority. He doesn't make things up. He only preaches Jesus. And the entire Bible is Jesus, Old and New Testament, old building to the new. So here's the thing, you're gonna have to ask, where do you get that from, Tom? Very simply. Acts chapter, well, first of all, you just, you go right, you can go, well, let's go, we'll go Acts first. Acts chapter eight, 14 through 17. John and Peter sent to the Samaritans. Sent to the Samaritans, they go to them and say, I'm paraphrasing, when you get home, Acts 8, 14 through 17. They go to the Samaritans and say, have you received the Holy Ghost? Say, we haven't even heard it. We've only been baptized into the baptism of the baptism of John. Baptism of repentance. We hadn't even heard there was a Holy Ghost. So he laid hands on them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues. It's not like they were were already saved. They were so saved, they sent the big guns to them. Peter and John. That's how saved they were. That was an impressive church who were saved people, heaven bound if they died that day. But they had to ask for the Holy Ghost to come in. Acts chapter 19, verse seven, let's switch to, Acts chapter 19, one through seven, switch to Paul in the church at Ephesus. They hadn't heard there was a Holy Ghost either. We're only baptized into the baptism of repentance. And they had to ask him to come in. He laid hands on them and they spoke with tongues. I don't want to speak with tongues. Then you're not biblical. It's too weird for me. Okay, then God's too weird for you. What, what, what would it hurt you to speak with tongues? Well, what will people think? Mm, not a Bible verse. For, for do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. This is the Holy Ghost for time. We're not talking about Tom Lightley here. We're not talking about Rodney Howard Brown, Jonathan Shellsworth, or any other preacher you want to name. We're talking about the Holy Ghost here. He wants you to speak with tongues. They all spoke with tongues. They were all saved, didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. God filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues. That's what you're supposed to do. I wish you all spoke with tongues, is how Paul put it in 1 Corinthians 14, 18. If Paul said, I wish you all spoke with tongues, uh, how do you defend not speaking in tongues? 
I mean, I, I love to watch people do a theological Potomac two-step with all the words and all the mythology of unbelief. John 14, 26. Holy Ghost has never preached, but listen to who he is. I mean, honestly, do you ever hear him preached? Do you? I mean, in your old churches, did you ever hear him preach outside of, um, he's our comforter? It's one of his jobs. But the helper, the whole, I mean, look at all, I mean, I can't get past it. Look at all of his other jobs. He'll guide you into all truth, and all you do is consider him your comforter. See, you can be a flute player and a crier that Jesus drives out of the room. He'll tell you things to come that's more than a comforter. Switching to John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. It's more than a comforter. But he's never, he's never preached, so he never gets to teach people all things. So they're very vulnerable. Listen, don't let your offense make you vulnerable. I know that I'm offending people right now, either watching that or in this room. But don't let your offense make you a vulnerable person, vulnerable to the prince of the power of the air, to beast one, beast two, the antichrist spirit, to the world. Don't let your offense make you vulnerable to defeat. Say, you know what? I'm just gonna choose not to be offended. He's just saying what the Bible says. And that's, if it's the truth, it's the truth. If If the Holy Spirit has only been comforter to you, Understand that he's way more than that. He's supposed to teach you all things and tell you things to come and bring to your remembrance all things that Jesus said because he doesn't speak on his own authority. And he's sent directly to you. Every day you should be communing with the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Have your way. If we were operating in the Holy Spirit, the world wouldn't come near us. Too scared. Too scared. The devil's scared of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost not to be trifled with. The only unpardonable sin is the Holy Ghost. Now, what, what is, what's my opinion of the unpardonable sin? Because it always will come up. Holy Ghost is the embodiment of the new covenant. You reject the new covenant, that's the unpardonable sin. That's a simplistic way to put it. People think that it's something along the lines of if you call something godly, the devil, or the devil godly, things like that. Well, then how are you going to test the spirits to see whether they are from God? You can't ever, I can't question, what if I call the wrong, something the wrong thing? It, that could be evidence of somebody who's committed the unpardonable sin by calling things of God, of the devil. That could be evidence of it, but that's not the sin itself. It is the rejection of the Holy Ghost, the rejection of the rewards of the new covenant and the rejection of the new covenant itself. And he's sent directly to you. And by the way, if you're worried about it, which you know, most, of, most people who've gotten saved and they, they're doing great and they stumble upon those verses about the unpardonable sin in Matthew and Mark. They, they, they stumble upon those verses. And they're like, oh my gosh. So all you gotta do to decide whether or not you committed the unpardonable sin is just go to the, the book of Hebrews chapter six, four through eight. It is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance. Okay, do you wanna repent? Okay, then it's impossible for you to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. If you have no interest in repentance, 
I've seen people, I've seen people like that. I don't know whether they blaspheme the Holy Ghost or not. But if you have no interest in it at all, danger zone. How you look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which is who Jesus was talking to when he talked about the unpardonable sin. I didn't have any intention to talk about this this morning. Those are people who had the entire Torah memorized. They knew who Jesus was. They knew it, and they chose their own glory instead. They knew. So that is, that is getting into dangerous ground, and your heart becomes so hardened that you have no interest in ever repenting. They knew they were looking at the Son of God and had no interest in repenting. Most of you in this room, even if you are struggling or in the midst of sin right now, if Jesus walked in this room, you'd repent. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. By the way, Jesus is in this room. I'm trying to be more cognizant of the clock because I keep telling you that we leave at 1220 and we keep leaving at 1247. (laughs) But God, listen, God wants me to pray over people. Unless I'm telling you, for those of you, if we do pray over people, I never know really until the end. I just kind of leave it up to God. Um, if we do, stay and pray. I mean, really, yes. I mean, all my, my son and daughter's friendship group, that, you know, that everybody that's on some kind of weirdo, doofy uh, Bible study name or something here, there's a friendship group. Okay, I don't, it sounded really geeky, but the people, the people they hang around with, there you go. They all left for, not, they didn't leave the church service, but they all went to Bob Evans. I'm like, Bob Evans? I know. They had to go all the way down to Port Charlotte. I'm like, that's what you chose as a bunch of like 20-year-olds, Bob Evans? <laughs> but just using that as an example, where are you going after the service? Well, we, you know, in order, if we get to the, like the family table restaurant at, you know, at, before 12.30, we get the early bird discount. You know, just pay the extra. Plant it a seed to God and stay here and pray. God will return it to you a hundredfold. Stay here and pray over people. What could be more important? So the Holy Ghost is sent directly to you. John chapter 14, 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father... And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. But you're going to have to ask. You have to ask. It is a subsequent filling. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who... Ask him. That's the Bible. Well, this, no wells, no buts, no ifs. That's what the Bible says. Ask him, and he will come. The word is seed. The word dispels unbelief, and the word is belief. Like, Tom, I don't understand that. Either do I. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, no way to understand it. But that's what all of this is. The word is seed. The Holy Ghost delivers 
seed. If the word is seed, that means Jesus himself is seed. And the Holy Ghost delivers the seed of Jesus. Exclusively. How do I know that? Matthew chapter one, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. You're like, Tom, that's gross. It's not gross. That's God. Planting seed. Planting Jesus. Jesus is the word. The word is seed. The Holy Ghost planting Jesus. That's all he does. That's his answer. Jesus. 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 Word. Word. One and the same. Luke 8, 11 through 15. I may just use verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. I want to close somewhere else. Otherwise, I could spend the next 30 minutes on. Where's where, where's where I want to, I could spend the next 30 minutes on the parable of the sower, but I don't want to do that. Where's the part that I want to finish? Oh, here it is. Here's where I'll finish. You have three competing voices. There's three. It's 12.05. I'm going to try to be done in 10 minutes. And then the Lord will tell me whether to pray or not. I can already know he's going to make me pray. There are three competing voices. Which one or ones will you listen to? Because you can listen to a combo. There's people listening to the Holy Ghost. There's people listening to the, the three competing voices are Holy Ghost, the world, and the carnal nature. The world is the Antichrist, or just the world. You can be listening to the Holy Ghost in one area of your life. You're a good tither, but you don't believe for healing. You believe in the repentance of sin, but you don't believe in prosperity. So one, one area, you believe the Holy Ghost, repentance of sin. You don't believe in prosperity, you believe the prince of the power of the air. Well, I believe in being poor, then how are you going to feed the poor? It makes no sense at all. It doesn't make sense, as you always hear me say on the podcast, if you watch the podcast, if it's illogical or nonsensical, then it's nefarious and evil. It makes no sense. To advocate for being poor. Three competing voices, the Holy Ghost. Please keep this in mind right here, James chapter four, verse five. Because I'm gonna tell you something. Father, Son, Holy Ghost are of equal authority, equal power. They have their own lanes, but one is to be feared more than the other. Keep this in mind. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, James, James chapter four, verse five. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, he who dwells, the spirit who dwells in us, and this is capitalized, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. Didn't hear that about Jesus, did you? Was Jesus jealous? No, the Holy Ghost is jealous. Yearns jealously. God is actually named, I'm trying to remember the exact verse. Do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Is it Exodus 34, 14 maybe? Somebody can fact check me. Legitimate fact check, not politifact. <laughs> jealous is actually capitalized. Keep that in mind. He's a jealous God. 
And I've already spoken enough about the Holy Ghost. You've already told you that, but I wanted to tell you that one part. He's a jealous God. And he is jealous. He yearns. He doesn't, it's not, listen, he yearns for you. You're like, I'm worthless. No, you're not. And you're like, Tom, you're not the world's most edifying pastor. Well, I, maybe that's true. But I'm telling you, you're not worthless. You're of great value. God so loved you that he gave his son and wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He yearns for you. Well, I look like this and I act like this and this is my past. God doesn't care as long as you brought it to the cross. He cares if you never repented of it. But after, after that, he separates it as far as? East is from the west. Psalm 103, 12. So there's three competing voices. Number two, doing good on time so far, eight, seven minutes to go. 1 Corinthians 2.12, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Spirit is capitalized. That we may understand what God has freely given us. What does this, what is that on the tail end of? 1 Corinthians 2.12, what is that on the tail end of? What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. Do you have a, do you have a life that is what no eye has seen what no ear has heard, then the Holy Ghost isn't a big enough factor in your life if you don't. I don't care what men think. I mean mankind. I don't care what men or women think. I'm talking about what does God think. Does God think that you have a what, I, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived life? See how quiet it got in here? That's, live up to it. Where do you get that from? Philippians 3.16. Only, only let us live up to what we have already attained. What's the verse before it? Therefore let us, as many as have this mind, agree. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Colossians 2.8. No, actually Ephesians 2.2. In which you once walked... According to, the print, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Now there's disobedience unto hell. What is, you, you always need to delineate. There's disobedience unto hell, and then there's other levels of disobedience. If it's sin, it's unto hell. If you're a cocaine addict and you never repent of it, I don't care if you are the worship leader, you're going straight to hell. If you're somebody who, who just doesn't pray, that's not a sin. It will lead to sin, but that's not a sin. If you're stupid, being stupid's not a sin. I got stupidity in my life. Anybody else but me? I've got some stupidity in there. That, that's a Romans 12, 2 issue. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's a, that's, that's, a, that's a process issue. Most of us hold on to stupidity for decades that should have been gone in year one of Christianity. Amen. But we'd rather hold on. 
for whatever reason, many, many reasons. Colossians 2.8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. What we're talking about here is the world. Prince of the power of the air wants to bring you into disobedience. Disobedience unto hell. If you're a liar, you're going to hell. If you're stupid, you're disobedient, but you're going to heaven. I could, gosh, I could spend three hours on that. I'm not going to do it. I got to get to the end. Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies. God can, but I don't know if he will. Takes a village. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> together alone, alone together. We're in this together. I know we're all alone, but we're in this together. Lockdown to stop a virus. Uh, we're, uh, extreme heat warning. It's 87 degrees. Hollow and deceptive philosophies, which depend on human tradition. I think... I believe where I stand. It's not what Jesus did. When Jesus was confronting the devil, Jesus quoted Deuteronomy. That's what you should do. Unequivocal. Just quote the Bible. What are you facing? All right, whatever I'm facing, here comes the Bible verse. If not, you're being destroyed for lack of knowledge. Isaiah 4, 6. Which depends on human tradition, the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Jesus, rather than on Christ. They just choose hollow and deceptive philosophies. Or elemental spiritual forces. If it's an elemental spiritual force, rather than Jesus, then that's demonic. Look how kind we are because we're staying six feet apart. Demonic. That's got nothing to do with the Bible. I don't care if you put the kindness label on it, compassion label on it. We're staying at home because we might affect grandma. Grandma needs to stand in faith, and so do you. Last one, number three. Or you can be the competing voices. The Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, life is very simple. It's just hard. Until your mind's renewed, then it's easy. So you have the three competing voices, the Holy Spirit, the world, and now the last one, the carnal nature. Most people blame the carnal nature on the devil. Devil isn't influencing most Christians. It's nothing to do with you. Are you a grievous threat? How many, look at me now. How many souls you won this year? Then why would he be coming to you all the time? You don't even tithe. You're like, Tom, you're looking at a bunch of tithers. I could be, but there's one or two in you that aren't doing it. Most churches are like crime rates. You go to the same person day after day after day. Same thing in the churches. Very small percentage of people are the ones who are doing all the giving. Now, I will tell you, this church is way above average. Way above average. I shouldn't tell you good things because I told you how great you were. We got the lowest offering we've ever had in three years. So everybody stinks. The horrible givers start changing. <laughs> Whatever. Then I sat there. I've, I, I've had people come up to me before. You need to express some more appreciation. Yeah, it doesn't work, okay? I'm not going to appreciate. I expect you to tithe. The Bible expects you to tithe. Why would you not? Why would you rob God? 
something to think about. You get $10,000, right? Check $10,000 to the church. That's it. Life is easy. That's what I do. Ever since I've met Pastor Rodney, I've gotten lots and lots of checks from him. I don't think twice about it. Whatever he gives me, I give 10% away. Minimum. Hope is always gives more. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I live in sweet oblivion. So I'll finish with this. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature, that's you if you're bipolar. That's you if you're depressed. That's you if you struggle with anxiety attacks. I've had plenty of anxiety attacks. I have. I've had plenty of them. I don't blame, I don't blame anybody but myself because I planted those seeds and they're gonna come. They're gonna come out of the, whatever you put in the ground, it's coming up. And if you live an OCD lifestyle or whatever it is, you're gonna have panic attacks. I don't care what your OCD is. I don't care if people think that it's great. Oh, your house is so clean. Everything is so orderly. You're gonna have panic attacks. Because you're a nut, just like I've been. <laughs> you think I'm bad-mouthing you? I just acknowledge what I, where I've been. All right, it's 1216. I'm moving it now to 1220. <laughs> the reason why you struggle with depression is you've sunk those seeds into the ground. I know that depression's real. I get it. I understand clinical depression. I understand legitimate panic attacks where people believe they're going to die. I get it. I've been there. I'm just telling you, I don't blame. I don't, I don't catch. I don't have depression. I don't have anxiety attacks. I don't have anxiety. That's just a harvest. Cut the root and have no more harvest. How do you cut the root? Stop living in fear. You, you're, I'm just using cleaning as an example. And you're Mr. or Mrs. Hyper Clean, Hyper Orderly. I understand a clean house, but then you have nut job. You know, this has to be, this has to be facing oblong. All your cans point in the same direction. You live like that out of fear. I can't take it. I can't. You're afraid to take it. Can't take this one. Can't. Take it. Cut the root. You're addicted to pornography? Stop staring at women all the time. Do what I do. There's a pretty girl. She's right here. There's the pretty girl. Bikini. I'm not going to gaze upon her so I can enjoy God's creation. That's what the idiot Christians say. The asinine idiot Christians. That's what they say. I take action. His faith without works is dead. His faith and works are the same. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. What is that soulish nature desire? If you're OCD, turn in the cans the right way. Vacuuming for the fourth time today. Running endless air filters in your house. Maniacally checking and rechecking and checking and rechecking. If you're a pornographer, it starts with how you look at women in this building. Neck up! 
that's how it starts. Cut the root. If you're a liar, stop putting yourself in a position to lie. Stop being late for work. Well, I, oh, something happened. Nothing happened. You're late. And the guy coming to the podcast sometimes on the, on the near edge of being too late for Will and Aaron. Aaron runs the podcast. Will does a lot of the work that you see behind the podcast. Where's Will? There he is. Will, wait, he's way in the back. I come in there, and I, when I am late, I don't go, uh, guys, well, I was just so busy. I wasn't busy. I was farting around. <laughs> Adding one more slide, sitting at the computer. So I never go in and tell the guys, I mean, guys, I'm just so busy. You know, I'm the pastor of Foundation Church, and I'm just really busy. No, I was just farting around. And now I've caused them problems. I just tell them. I don't lie to them. If you're going to lie because you're late, stop being late. Use any, what you know, you already know how this applies to you. Yeah, I point at this church. Closing right here. Worship team, make your way. 1220. Five minutes late. See? Late. Why am I late? Because I wanted to be late. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. What should, what, what, should, what should your desires be pointed at? The Holy Ghost nature. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the sinful nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, capitalized, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Your carnal nature has you th- desiring this. Oh, man. That's why people have anxiety too, by the way. You're not designed for scrolling images. Be alone sometimes. Leave it behind. Don't always have something playing. It's an absolute plague. Everywhere I go, everybody's looking at these things. That give, that'll give you panic. You're not designed for endless scrolling images. You're actually supposed to have thoughts that are over yourself. Did I just call somebody? Oh gosh, I just thought I'd okay. See Aaron spring into action? Like some weird thing comes on this thing. I don't know how, my flashlight turns on. It takes an act of Congress to get your flashlight turned on and then it just turns on spontaneously. That's how these things end up broken. I don't know how that happens. So you should have your mind set on what the Spirit desires. Prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, kindness, love, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit, kindness, love. Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Galatians 5.22. Last verse. Verse 6, Romans 8, 6. The mind of sinful de- man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Amen. And all those spirits are capitalized. Praise you, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Praise you, Lord. If you need to get right with God this morning, now is your time. It's going to be brief, so be ready to raise your hand. I'm not going to bring you into a back room. I'm not going to bring you to the front of the church. I'm not saying I'll never do any of those things. I'm just saying I'm not doing them today so you can relax. Relax.
If you're a backslidden Christian, backslidden doesn't mean that you vacillate in and out of sin. It means that a long-term concession to sin. Where, what is, how define long-term? I can't. You already know if you're backslidden. You know, your heart's pounding right now. Maybe you're a fake Christian. You just pretend like you're saved around other saved people because you like the accoutrements of church. People are nicer in church than they are in the world, so you just come to church and pretend like you're a Christian. Maybe your parents think that you're saved. And I mean parents that are 85 years old and you're, and you're uh, 60 years old. And you're just pretending. Or you could be a teenager, same category. So if you've fallen away from God, I'm talking to you. Fake Christians, fraudulent Christians, I'm talking to you. I'm not going to know which one you are, so don't worry about it. And I've been both anyway, so don't worry about it either. Or maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you've never been saved in your life. Now is your time. Doesn't mean you're joining this church, although you'd be a fool not to attend here. But you need to get your life right with God. Saved just means forgiven. Sins forgiven. How do I become born again? Sins forgiven. That's it. Don't be turned off by phrases. You shouldn't be turned off by born again or saved anyway because they're Bible verses. So if you need to get your life right with God this morning, there is a bridge that you have to cross. Your part is to receive his faith. Your part through the reception of his faith is to turn from your sin. That's it. Simple as that. Receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, and in that, turn from your sin. That's it. It's very simple. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need to get your life right with God, like I said, you're not going to be brought forward. I'm going to ask you to do two things. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to pray with everybody else. That's it. The entire church is going to pray with you. Nobody's going to know but me. I already got one hand up. God bless you, brother, in the yellow shirt. Put your hands up if you need to get your life right with God this morning. Right where you're at. Come on. Be proud about it. Get your Be proud. Hands high into the air. Come on. I got you. Got you. Got you. Hands going up everywhere. You can put them down. Those of you that should have lifted up your hand, but you didn't, and you're sitting there now, I wish I had one more chance before he closed the service. Now's your time. Lift up your hand. You knew that it was supposed to be you. Got you, sister. Anybody else? God bless you. Got you in the back. God bless you. God bless you. Those of you that lifted up your hands, we are all going to pray this prayer with you out loud, boldly with proclamation. You do it too. You pray it directly to the, the almighty God of Israel, Yahweh, to Jesus, to the Holy Ghost. You pray it. You mean it. You're saved. The entire church is praying it with you. Here we go, everybody. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' name. Look at me now, church shouts. Praise you.